Armbar, I just got back the odd copy from our sponsors. Can you do the read for me? Oh, boss, you know I can't read. Right, right. Oh, look, it's Doubletail. Barry, can you spare uh, a minute? Sure, what's up? Also, I'm pretty sure I asked you not to call me Barry. Well, Barry, our sponsors gave us this ad copy to read, and unfortunately, our friend Armbar here can't read, so can you do the promo for us? Uh, sure thing. <clears throat> hey there, sports fans. Paragon Doubletail here to remind you, Bard Rock Cafe is brought to you by Dragon Master Games. Shop at their online storefront for your D&D and TTRPG products, as well as collectibles. We are also now partnered with Metallic Dice Games, who make high-quality dice sets, dice bags, trays and towers, and other accessories. Follow our affiliate link and use code BARDROCK at checkout to save 10%, and a portion of your order goes to support the show. Finally, you can also support the show directly by subscribing to our Kofi. Subscribers get access to wild rewards like exclusive bonus content, tarot readings from Rook, social media shoutouts, and tabletop games with the cast. As always, all the relevant links can be found in the show notes. Now, let's rock. Support the show, or I'ma come near ya. You, you, you can't threaten your listeners. It's not a threat. It's a promise. Support the show, jabronis. Previously on Bard Rock Cafe, the show used to have recaps before each episode. Remember that? Well, now we're back. The Blackstaff informed our heroes that she knew of a way to restore the Tablet of Fate in Brock's basement to full power. A wish spell. And she knew of an upcoming tournament where Rowan would be a prize. Armbar called in a favor to one of his old arena comrades, a Leonin by the name of Baragon Doubletail, to fight alongside him in the tournament. With just one month to train, can Armbar and Doubletail win the day? Find out today on Bard Rock Cafe! And welcome back to episode 36 of Bard Rock Cafe. The end of last episode, we just kicked off a month-long preparation for a grand tournament on the Elemental Plane of Fire, where a Jin prince, uh, or an Afridi prince, I should say, holds a tournament every 100 years, where the grand prize is a single use of the Wish Spell. Uh, Armbar met up with Doubletail, an old wrestling colleague, and they are preparing along with the rest of the Bard Rock crew for this tournament. So, we are going to go through each character and what they're planning to do. Start with, who would like to go? We can, we can get mine out of the way, since it's okay. going to overlap with a couple people. Alright, so Nadir, what are some things you would like to do with your month? Okay, uh, Nadir is primarily going to split his time between two things. Uh, one of them is to help Armbar and Baragon understand some of the things that they may be facing within the tournament. Um, Nadir, while this tournament isn't really his sort of thing, he did, out of curiosity, go to the one 400 years ago. Um, and record a lot of the details of it, as he does. So he does have a chapter in his book about the competitors and what they did and how they uh, moved and reacted and how, you know, what kind of winning strategies were. So he's going to try and impart some of that 
onto Armbar and Baragon. And in, in their training, if there's like sparring involved, he's going to try and teach some of the techniques that he saw use to one of the partners so that they can learn how to uh, combat against some popular things. That's that's kind of his his way of helping with their training. Uh, on the other end of things, he is going to be spending his time doing some research into if the gods are not on the material plane and we cannot speak to them, they cannot speak to us, where could they possibly have gone? Okay. So which of those would you like to tackle first? Let's do the training. All right. So go ahead and give me just a straight history roll. All right. Ooh, 20. Yeah. Low, low number. That's, that's low for you. Ooh, you hate to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Plus 15, you got a 20. Oh, Wait, hold up, you have a plus 15? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Nadir's good joke? at one thing, yeah. and it's being smart. I've wow. S- I've said this before, Nadir does one thing, and it's just no shit. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the thing. So, uh, Nadir, as you both think back to your previous visit to one of these tournaments, and as you conduct some uh, quick historical references uh, relating to previous tournaments, uh, every 100 years, this tournament is held. And it's always the same Efridi prince that is holding it. It is something meant to pass the time. It is a grand affair. He throws a party that is designed to draw as much attention and trade and interplanar just bullshit from <laughs> everywhere, right? Uh, you know that Afriti are not particularly uh, moral. They are very sadistic and they enjoy violence and uh, domination. So something like this right up their their alley, right? Uh, you would expect going to the Fire Plane to the City of Brass where this is going to be held uh, that you will see a lot of we'll say uh, indentured servitude uh, a lot of very domineering elitist violent interactions between the genies who are kind of the upper class and every other race and just background they are all second class citizens very much a class divide right all right uh, the tournament itself the goal is to win yes but there are a lot of precautions put in place to prevent interference the unspoken rule is not that you can't interfere, but that the goal is to A, find a way to interfere, or B, to be entertaining enough to make the djinn want to let someone interfere. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, if everybody hates you, if you're boring to watch, it's going to be a lot harder for you. So as much as it is a tournament and a cage match kind of thing... It's also a performance. So on both sides, you can expect to see 
tricks to try and gain the audience's favor. There is betting involved. Betting can involve gold, though it's usually like exorbitant amounts of it. But it can also involve other things like contracts with devils, years of servitude, favors, stuff like that. Because again, this is interplanar stuff and gold, while valuable, is not always the same value across planes. Okay. The arena changes. You don't know where they're going to be fighting. So you know, like, you saw there was one fight that happened literally in a lava field. There was a fight that happened falling through the air. Oh. There was a fight that happened just where it was just stone concrete tiles as far as the eye could see. There's a fight that happened entirely underwater. You don't know what environmental problems you're going to run into. Right. No, I have kind of a, a, a personal curiosity question. Sure. Where was the audience during the freefall fight? Well, so during your visit, you know that the audience can always see into the arena, but the in, the arena itself a lot of times happens in something of a pocket dimension. Okay. All right. Because again, we're dealing with high magic, right? Yeah, got it. So, the proctors of this fight create a pocket dimension that is of their design and throw the combatants in there, which by itself also makes it very hard to interfere, right? Because of course, anybody would want to cast, like, I don't know, haste or healing word or something like that. They're in another plane of existence. And by magic, everybody's able to watch the fight. Alright. So any prep work needs to be done ahead of time, or during the fight. And again, you can still interfere. You just have to convince the audience that you deserve the chance to. That's that's uh, one hell of a precaution against interference. Good to know. So, uh, opponents can be uh, just about anyone, right? Uh, so, yes, there are humanoid opponents, right? There's also devils and demons. There's angels sometimes. There's... The Tarask. Do what now? The Tarask. No, no, why would you say no. that? <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> Please. There was one time there were gith, there were uh, mind flayers, there were giants. You don't know what you're going up against. The only rule is that you have to pay for entry, and the entry fee is steep. And you don't actually know what the entry fee is, and since it's not something you have to worry about, you still don't really know, but you could ask if you wanted to. So I don't know what the entry fee for anybody that was there at that one time? No. Okay. God, I hope this isn't like a The World Ends With You situation where they take whatever metaphysical trait you value the most. That would suck. Well... But you're not paying the entry fee this time, either. I know. But again, you suspect it is more than just gold. Yeah. Because gold is only one form of currency, and this is an interplanar event. Right. So knowing all of that, did you have further questions you wanted to look into? Um... What, what I wanted to impart onto them is more... more tactile more of actual like techniques that he saw people in the arena using 
like uh, actual fighting maneuvers that that they can that were very successful and that he can like teach to counter against. Okay. At least on a theoretical level, because he's not going to be fighting. Right. Okay. So I'll say this. For that, you spend some time with Armbar and Doubletail. Go ahead and roll... Roll me just a straight intelligence check. Try and pass on the knowledge. Thirteen. Okay. Alright, so from Armbar and Doubletail, as you are trying to uh, gain some... Some fighting knowledge from Nadir. Go ahead and roll both of you an insight check. 21. Dang! I listen good! So, can I use one of my, uh, before Barrett and Gon rolls, can I use one of my, uh, I have approximately 450 bardic inspirations for the entire month, can I use one on him? Sure. <laughs> okay. uh, is that a D eight? Yes, it is. Ooh, a seven. Okay. Uh, that makes my total twenty-one. Okay. So we, we both, both scored gained... the same on the test, <laughs> right? <laughs> Without copying each other's answers, you scored the same. Uh, Wink. Hey, hey, what'd you get for number seven? I put D. Armbar doesn't even know the letter D. <laughs> It doesn't matter. He put it. No, I know. I know the letter D. I know oh, a, you do. Okay. A, B, C, D, and H. Okay, I didn't think we got the D yet. My bad. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> he can just get through a multiple choice quiz. Yep. Without reading the questions, he just. Knows. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say. Which one? Which one do you like better in that moment? You it's know? just intuition. Yeah, that's exactly it. Armball roll luck check to see how you do on a multiple choice test. <laughs> So you both gain some knowledge about the different fighting styles from various types of combatants that you might encounter. So what I will say this does is I will let you basically start each fight with inspiration. Nice. Alright. Inspiration as in, like, bardic inspiration? No, no, no. Inspiration as in, like, we get advantage. Like, you give yourself advantage. Okay. So... Once per fight, you basically say, all right, I've seen this kind of fighting before. I start with advantage. I'm going to use it here. Gotcha. Cool, cool. Uh, and it's it comes very naturally to you, right? You've done, like, fighting is your thing, right? So Nadir's talking about it on, like, this abstract level. And you're like, oh, no, I know exactly what that looks like, right? Because, like, you've... You know, you've punched a knoll in the face before, right? You you understand the mechanics of it. You're so trying to drive a power bomb. That yeah, takes me back. Yeah, so you you kind of connect the cerebral with the experience of actually having encountered something similar, and you understand that. I will say is that half of your thing, Nadir. Okay. Uh, as far as researching the. Gods, go ahead and give me a religion check. Oh no, eight. Would you like one of my four hundred and forty-nine oh. remaining bardic inspirations? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. Do you like my assistance? Uh, I. The assistance would just get him the that one. 
I am going to oh, uh, use one of my approximately, oh god, what do I have? Uh, 180 sorcery points to to, magi- <laughs> to magical guidance to whenever I fail an ability check, I can just try it again. Let's try that again. And yeah, I'll take okay. the bardic inspiration too if you want. Alright, yeah, might as well. You are batting a thousand yeah. right now. Uh, 18. Like, you're... This is making up for those bomb-ass rolls you made before. These are Yeah, shit. I know. Holy Yikes. <laughs> Better to get him out of the way now right. when we're not in mortal danger, though. Yeah, imagine. Level 6 campaign. 18? What a shit roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When the you deer have... gets like 30-something <laughs> of the good roll. Uh... The deer rolled a, what, 35? Like, he got a nat 20 with plus 15 <laughs> on history cool. check yeah. last time. <laughs> So I gave him, like, this ten-page dissertation on just all the shit (laughs) you found. So, here's the thing. You rolled really, really well last time, so an 18 total is not going to give you any new information. Uh, What I will let you do is, in conferring with different wizards from different nations, right? Because you guys have... The Blackstaff called in people from, like, Thay, Neverwinter, uh, Lantern, Evermeet. Like, just, there's people from all over. And everybody has kind of been discussing this, right? The consensus is that the Divine Gate uh, has remained shut. And so the way the Divine Gate works is that it is a net, right. basically. Right? So, smaller beings can get through. But the gods themselves cannot, right? Which is why you can summon a celestial through oh. the divine gate. I does that make sense? I have an idea, but I don't think Nadir does because of what you've said in the rolls. Okay, I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket. Okay. Um, cool. In that case, since he did kind of hit a wall, uh, what what we discussed in private will probably happen a lot later. Okay, do you want to come back yeah, to it? Yeah, yeah, let's come back to it. Let's build suspense. It's mystery. Okay, we'll, we'll wrap oh. back around to Nadir's <laughs> no, no. last thing. Oh? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Who wants to go next? Okay, I want to go next. All right. I have a bunch of stuff, but a lot of it can be resolved off-screen by me saying it here now. Yeah, so. <laughs> which, real quick. Steph, I will answer your question here in just a minute when we get to you. Okay. So, I'm not ignoring you. I saw. No, no, your you're message. fine. You're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Would you DM him or something like that? Yeah, yes. I had one question I was going to ask before we got on, and we know how that went. Whoops. <laughs> sneaky. I'm... It's Epi. Of course he's sneaky. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It makes sense. All right. So, Brock's song. <laughs> what would you like to do? Alright, so the first thing Brock does is he has all three of his retainers go out and have merchandise made. Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. That is how we're going to win over the audience. We're going to have t-shirts, action figures, commemorative toilet paper, the works. So that's what Brock's <laughs> retainers will be doing for the next 30 days, is anything that can get like help build the audience, getting food and supplies ready for the food truck, actually making sure the food truck is ready. So that's that's the whole thirty days for the retainers is just getting supplies and getting ready to go to the to the uh, other realm. Okay, and 
What your retainers very quickly find is that they have a lot of support, right? So if you go into, like, a designer, say, hey, we're going to be in this once-in-a-century tournament, and we want to use you as one of the, the producers for this stuff that we're going to be selling. People are jumping at the opportunity, right? So where before you might have to, like, bid to get people to, like, give a shit, you have people lining up begging you to give them a chance. And so you have your pick of, like, different styles of merchandise. People are coming forward with, what do you think about this? Uh, you know, I'd be happy to give you, like, heavy discounts. And, like, we're talking, like, from across the, the planet, right? People are like, all right. Wow. Uh, high-end designers, people are just wanting to be the one that sponsored this merchandise for Armbar and Doubletail. Awesome. As for the food cart. So you know there is the the Temple of Gond. Gond right. is the god of invention and craftsmanship. He is a, a primarily gnomish deity. But you have, like, the high priests of Gond coming together... And while they can't call upon Gond himself, they still have artifice and wizardly magic. They put together, like, the sleekest food cart you could ask for. And because the express purpose is to serve food at this event, and you are representing Waterdeep and Faerun, you get, like, the works. So you have pretty much whatever you want as far as this stuff goes. Awesome. So tell me about the food cart. Tell me about the merchandise. What are some things you're wanting to have? Alright, so I want... I already said t-shirts, action figures. The commemorative toilet paper was a joke. But those two things, uh, wall scrolls and posters, anything that, like, if you've ever been to, like, a major sporting event or any sort of, like, major show, anything. I want people from Waterdeep to be showing their merch. I want to be people at the audience to be wearing our t-shirts. Like, I want, like, I'm going to have signs printed that we can just give to the audience and say armbar and double tail. Okay. And yes, in the middle of all this, there is one very greasy halfling trying to give you, like, toilet paper with armbar's face on it, right? <laughs> but, like, you, it's not really sending the right message, right? It's kind of mixed signals. Exactly. So, you said, nah, maybe not. But commemorative cups for self in the food truck that say armbar and double tail's names on it? Oh, yeah, we have commemorative cups. All right. Now, what did you have in mind for the food cart? All right, so I'm that yeah, I'm just imagining like a really big wagon, like imagine like a double long cover wagon, like something really nice and regal, like it. I'm just, just imagine like a fantasy food truck. There's a little, like a little window on the side that I roll down and I take your order. And we already talked about having a spectral alpaca pull it. It's going to have a, a box of colding to keep all the food fresh, and it's going to be have uh, some sort of miniature kitchenette to uh, be able to actually prepare the food in it. And it has enough space to carry, like, half a dozen people inside of it in the actual service area in addition to the driver's seat. Nice. And as part of the food cart, uh, there are some other, uh, we'll say, uh, additions that are offered to you. Like, would you like the ability for the food cart to just spawn a few unseen servants to cover, like, automated tasks, right? Like, Yes. Stuff like that. A, a semi-sentient stove that knows when it's warm enough or how to adjust the temperature. 
This is great. I like how much thought you put into this food truck. You've had some time, though. Brock proposed this idea like 10 episodes ago. Yeah. There is a gem of elemental flame that is used to power the stove. So think like... You've all seen Howl's Moving Castle, right? Yes. Think Calcifer. All right. Like you said, Spectral Alpaca doesn't doesn't fight. It exists only to pull the cart. You do also have, like, there are glyphs on the wall. And the glyphs change, like, different things. So you can change from one menu to another. You can change... There's one glyph that you can tap speak into, and it activates a magic mouth that is basically functioning like a megaphone on top of the cart. It has all sorts of goodies that you can utilize. I love it. I'm so happy I have this food truck. And normally this kind of project would take a long time, but again, everybody understands there is a time crunch. So you have the most uh, masterly, masterfully crafted uh, magicked up food cart probably in existence right now. All right. So those are the things Brock's retainers took care of, for the most part, taking specifications, overseeing those things. Good deal. What about Brock's song himself? All right, so uh, there's some stuff that he's specifically doing with Armbar and Doubletail. He's planning on overseeing their training, but the first thing Brock does is actually ask Felix, first of all, to contact Jenny Greenteeth. Second of all, ask Felix, what do you have that we can hit, we can give our boys to give them a better chance in this tournament? So first of all, Felix says, ah, yes, I heard about this. I am happy to provide all of my wares free of charge to you. I will simply put it on the Blackstaff's tab. They are fronting the bill after all, and, well, I'm happy to donate whatever I can. So, I have a wide range of magical items that I'm happy to uh, walk armbar and double tail through in case they want an upgrade. Uh, I will get in touch with some of my contacts and see if we can't provide some other forms of support. I know I will personally be in the crowd rooting for you. And, uh, I have already placed a few of my other friends at various places within the crowd to, uh, encourage people to root for you. So I'll be doing my support that way. And I'll make sure they all have signs. Brock hands Felix more to the signs. Oh, thank you. I will make sure they have everything they need to put on a show of it. I've been to several of these, you know. I did not know, and can I roll history to see if I know how old Felix is? Sure. Natural one. Oh, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so, Brock has no clue. All right. Well, that's funny. <laughs> all right. D100 roll, 93. Oh, shit, that's right, yeah. And and uh, 90. 93 and 90? Yep. Wow. Okay. Which one would you like? Uh, 93. All right. So as you are speaking with Felix, like, you just start to yodel everything you say for about a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you went to another one of these. Is that yodeling? <laughs> it's oh, no. the best, it's the best not, Paul has. We are not doing that with our <laughs> no. mics. Absolutely not. Oh my goodness. I know it. We can, we can put that in in post. Right. Oh I know my god. Yodeling, yodeling, yodeling. Audacity would just 
it would it would edit us out. It would be like, nope, that is just background noise. <laughs> We're not putting that in this one. No, that's what Discord would do. Audacity has the audacity. <laughs> yeah. So Felix looks just uh jovial. And uh he is excited and he is happy to back you in any way he can. So he is making his full inventory available to Armbar and Doubletail. And we will get to that when we get to them. Uh, he is uh, reaching out to some of his own contacts to encourage them to also support Armbar and Doubletail. And he will be distributing merchandise to whoever agrees. And he does agree to reach out to Jenny. All right, so we, we will do resolve that with them too. So the other, yes. the only other thing Brock had besides training stuff for them is Brock wants to go back to the Keelhull Dwarf. He has some business there. Okay. So you are easily enough able to go back. Uh, what do you do as you... <laughs> you are escorted by the very chatty doorman who is telling you all about the history of the Keelhall Dwarf and how they once had a giant stay there for a week and it was just crazy and we had drank all the ale and didn't get drunk and it was really wild because they it was a fire giant. Looking back, they probably just like incinerated the stuff when it got to their stomach. And on and on this guy talks, right? Anyway, you get right. back to the bar. And I, I tell the bar, so I have an interesting proposition for you. I'm going to be serving food and drink at a once-in-a-lifetime sporting event that's happening later this month. And <laughs> I would let the alcohol that you served us last time, the stuff that got me drunk from smelling it, I would like to serve that at that venue. So uh, it's the same guy. It's Bearman again. He comes back yep. and he says, well... It's good to see you again. You're a bit of a lightweight, but that's okay. I know who you're working with. You're working with Roland Armbar. He's an honorary dwarf around here. He managed to drink and not get drunk. Only a dwarf can do that. He's a dwarf no matter how tall he is. So you can count on our support. So yes, we will give you a case of that ale on the house. Don't sniff it and don't let... We know he can hold his liquor. Don't let him drink it before going into the ring. It doesn't help. Uh, oh no, I, I'm planning on serving this to the audience and possibly the other competitors. <laughs> uh, you're tricky. You're tricky like a lightweight <laughs> would be. I like that about you. Not really. <laughs> Jeez. Listen. Ah. Uh, got a lot of dwarven friends. We're kind of spread out across, well, a lot of places. But, uh, well, you can count on us to show up in mass to the audience. And, uh, we'll cheer extra hard for you guys. And we'll distribute some alcohol of our own. You know, gotta make some money. Uh, fantastic. When you get to the audience, keep an eye out. I have my retainers. They have signs to help everyone root for Armbar and Baragon. They'll hand you guys signs if you ask for them. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing Armbar there and his new partner. Must be a hell of a fighter to keep up with that guy. Think he can hold his ale? I I think he can. He is a big, burly guy. He's almost as big as Armbar. Big doesn't matter. But all right. Uh, and as a result of this interaction, Armbar, uh, because you were able to stomach their strongest dwarven ale and not get drunk or pass out, we will get to this later, but... The Dwarven families will make sure you have one audience favor. Okay. Cool. Going nice. into these fights. 
I'll get fever. Just because <laughs> you're really good at drinking ale. The only reason. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and one day, as you are returning to the Blackstaff's Tower to your quarters, you find, attached to your door by two arrows, is a fan letter for Armbar. Hmm. Alright, I take, I see the two arrows, I see the letter, and I take it, and I give it to Armbar later, I'll have to read it to him, obviously. Yep. <laughs> and so that was all of my non-Armbar stuff, but now we get to the part where we actually train them, so... Brock walks them the first day of training to the Temple of Tyr and says, I talked to my brother, and he has made arrangements with the temple to help us train there. And there are rings to, for the paladins used to train at the Temple of Tyr. I'm going to be healing people with my songs of rest and with all of my healing words for the day I don't need for anything while we're training. So I'm going to be helping the temple heal. The other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get them training. So I get them in the ring, and I am looking for the lyrics of my song. You give them what now? I'm sorry. I, I gave so I just get them to the ring and like get them. Oh, oh you get them to the ring. I heard yep. I give them the ring. I'm like, the fuck are you well, talking about? No. We're getting married, dude. It's right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I walk I walk them to the ring. Partners. Take a hint. And I say, Let's get down to business. Prepare for anything. You will come back champions when you leave that ring. You're a witless, dim, pathetic pair, but you can bet before we're through, I will make some champs out of you. And that's when the training montage starts. So in addition to overseeing their physical training, uh, Brock Hell is yeah, going Paul. to teach Armbar the letters R and M so he can sign autographs. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. And I want to point <laughs> out, I have 400 plus Bardic Inspirations I can give him on this for these roles. Okay. And I want so... to teach him proficiency too. In performance. Yeah. Alright. So I am going to need an intelligence check, because Armbar, you are trying to learn a lot in the middle of training oh, as well. Oh no. <laughs> no, he's doing push-ups while looking at the ABCs for Barbarian's book. Sure, absolutely. Still, <laughs> still need an intelligence check, you can use your Bardic Inspiration as well. Okay. Yep, so you, they okay. roll the d8. <laughs> oh, come on. Alright. Ah. So, you may learn two of the three things. Ooh. I'm going to learn... The letters R, or the letter R, the letter M, and performance as a proficiency. I think I think I need performance, and I think the letter M are the ones to go with, because I can I fudge. Say, I think you get, you, get more, you get more mileage out of R, I think. Yeah, you two R's. <laughs> but it's you said him. <laughs> well, uh, I I was kind of thinking like we can me we can mess up the R's and it'd be kind of funny. Now, is there any way I can roll performance to try and get him the performance? Yeah. What's that? If you don't, if I'll you tell don't you go what. With... <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm looking for a 25. If you get a 25, I'll give Armbar the other letter as well. Performance. Alright, so that is a natural 20 plus 11. Woo! Uh, Armbar. Damn. So you learn R and M and another letter of your choice. <gasps> what? Mm. Do something no. crazy. Do X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why? <laughs> oh, oh, Y. That works too. Y? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with Y. Okay. 
<laughs> I was going to say get crazy and do some punctuation. Learn an ampersand. Oh, shit. <laughs> get an exclamation. Hey, I was going to say exclamation. exclamation point. Yeah, I was going to say and exclamation. And you can sign things. Armbar was an exclamation point. You know what? Sure. I'll give you exclamation points. Because <laughs> why not? Armbar, exclamation point. That's his autograph. Yep. Oh, yes. man. Yes. All right, and then for my D100 rolls, I rolled an 80 and an 11. <laughs> okay. These are probably not going to be super relevant during, like, the month downtime, but, you know, we'll see. They're like, still we, funny. You, you might get an arm, another mini bar. You never know. Uh, all right, so 80 and what? 11. 80 and 11. I'll check shirt. And... All right, so these are both dumb. Just pick one. <laughs> Let's do 80. Okay. Uh, you and Armbar both cast command on one another. Uh, well, I <laughs> command Armbar to do some push-ups. <laughs> Armbar, what is your command for for Brock's song? Um, I command I command uh, Brock song to be underneath me while I do the push-ups. Like I'm pushing on on him, so it's like like pushing off yeah. of him. So it like, takes him away. No, Brock does that, and Brock's like yelling encouraging phrases into Armbar's face every time he comes down for a push-up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. So like it's the command spell is one round, so like you are forced to do it for six seconds. Everything after that is just We it, roll with it. Right. But like We still got two hundred more. You gotta right. stay there. <laughs> Come on, I just keep saying, doing that thing that like fitness instructors do where they tell you you have one more, but they keep saying it over and over again. It's clearly more than one more. I hate that. <laughs> Every time, look, whenever they start doing that shit, I just stop. And I'm like, look. That's, no. That's not right. I've done that before. <laughs> like, no, you can tell me don't quit. You can tell me push through it. You can say the actual number. You can say, yeah, you can, right. You can say some stupid shit like no pain, no gain. That's fine. But just one 16 more. 16 more. If you say one more 15 times, I'm just going to stop. You're just insulting my intelligence. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's to make you desperate. It's to make you It's to make you try harder. Because you think you're done, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, i got to squeeze this last one out. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I would just keep doing push-ups if they told me a fun animal fact for every one I did. Oh my that's, gosh. That's funny. <laughs> Arr, orders made for life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Wombat's poopin's cubes. Your <laughs> platypuses have poisonous thumbs. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. What? All right. Do they? Let's give rocks right. his engagement. Rocks. <laughs> So Rock spends the rest me of me as somebody okay. trying to take a shit. <laughs> We're doing the armbar fiber segment I was telling you about. <laughs> I'm sorry, the what? Armbar fiber? We're getting some. Yeah. Armbar got some interesting sponsorships. Hold for this on. Too much greens. It's we're talking about spinach. Just never mind. Anyway, go ahead. There's, there's a Popeye joke in here somewhere. <laughs> I like, yeah, I'm spinach. monitoring their diet, making sure they're eating the best food for training because I am a trained chef. So I make like doing their nutrition and doing their fitness, and like I said, I'm spamming all the heels I have available to the Temple of Tear while we're doing it. The food truck, the second it's ready, is outside the Temple of Tear selling stuff, all that good stuff. Okay, real quick. So, do you read the letter to Armbar at some point during this month? Yes. Okay. So the letter is just this gushy fan mail, right? Talking about how it, it's written by like 
a bunch of people, right? And, like, their signatures just scribbled all around it. We just talk about how we love you, we think you're great, we used to watch you all the time, and now our kids can watch you, da 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 right? You know, like, the letter. At the very bottom, in very stylized letters, is GL. Um, <gasps> Green Lantern. And as a... Yes. <laughs> The Green Lantern Corps is on our side. (laughs) (laughs) And as a result of this, uh, that is another audience favor that will be available to you. Yay! (laughs) I'm sorry. Just the tone, the gasp, and the Green Lantern got me. (laughs) So quick with it. You've cracked the code. (laughs) Okay. Uh, was there anything else from Brock's song? Nope, that is it. Brock is ready. Okay. So we got uh, Nadir's done, Brock's song is done, that leaves Epi, and then Brock and Doubletail. Armbar and Doubletail. Brock's done. Shit, sorry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Look, it's late, okay? Ooh, ooh. It's all good, player. Um, let's go Epi next. Okay, okay. So, Epi's got a whole month. And he is, you know, he's been raising the dead for um, certain underworld organizations for two and a half years now. Jeez. It's time to call in some favors. I'd like to see if I can't get uh, Armbar and Doubletail some, you know, people to fight that could teach them the less than honorable ways to fight. You know, like somebody who can teach him a good bar fighting. Maybe some improvised weaponry. All that good stuff. Let's see. And I'd also, with a lot of my little contacts, I'd like to um, kinda kinda get in good with some of their wizards and maybe copy down a few spells that'll help people edge through a fight without necessarily having a wizard in the room. So I'm going to learn Bestow Curse, Enlarge Reduce, Protection from Good and Evil, and because it's going to be really fun and I don't know how or when, jump. Mm. <laughs> when you go to that top turnbuckle, you're going to get lots of air. Jump oh, Jump yeah. is really fun under the right circumstances. It really is. And like, y'all remember that early episode where Armbar got the, the bouncy flubber-like effect? Yeah. Yes. Did the arm drop three times in a row? Yeah. Imagine just doing that, but at will, right? Like it's not random. You just jump thirty feet in the air and drop on somebody. Jump! 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 (laughs) Let's go. All right. So, Epi, you have the support of like the support of all these different libraries and uh, nations is behind Armbar and Doubletail. However, you are given access to uh, spells and training of that variety. Uh, You also have access to, like, underworld contacts that also have access to spell scrolls that you can copy. (laughs) So, over the course of a month, you are absolutely able to copy down those spells. I told you, like, you could get this many spell slots worth over this month. And, yeah, we already discussed that. You get those spells. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. As far as getting sparring partners and training and whatever from Underworld Contacts, mm-hmm. Armbar and Doubletail, over the next month, there are various days where you have unique sparring partners. Hmm. 
there are like some common ones, right? Like thugs and street fighters that fight dirty. There's also some really strange ones. Mind flayers. Githyanki. Githyanki? However you say it. Hmm. Um, you get to fight two-on-one against, like, a large demonic minotaur. You are even, at one point, paired up with a black dragon. Jeez! Wow. <laughs> what are you giggling about? Yeah, what's so funny over there? She knows which one of her underworld contacts had a dragon lying around. Look, I <laughs> saved their grandmother. They owed me. Right. Oh my gosh, what, what more is there to dragon. learn about you, Epi? <laughs> Y'all are about to learn some of what, like, Epi had a business before this. Yo. <laughs> Damn. Wild. As a result of this specialized training, anytime you guys fail a saving throw, once per fight, you may choose to re-roll. Wow. So you just get indomitable, sweet. Basically, yeah. You get one use of indomitable per fight. Okay. So like so we have in fighting this black dragon, you know, the acid breath sucks. But you learn how to predict when it's coming. Or like when you're fighting the mind flayer, you know when they're about to scream into your mind and you're able to brace for it. That's kind of the narrative behind it. So, so far we have an inspiration once per fight and a free indomitable once per fight. Yes. Correct? Uh, Epi. Additionally, as part of this, you gain them another audience favor yes. that they will be able to use. Nice. As your underworld contacts uh, reach out to their underworld contacts, everybody knows something's wrong. Everybody knows that uh, armbar winning and double tail winning is for the the good of everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, yes, criminals and the underworld contacts, they're all very selfish. But even they, like, rely on society functioning. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to, like, strain under the pressure of healing magic and divine magic has stopped. So they want y'all to win. So, that's that part of it. Oh, what yeah. else you got? Uh, this is... Epi's one is kind of long. I had way too much time to think. Um, so, speaking of Underworld Contacts and more things to learn about Epi, like, at least a couple of days, Epi's gonna bring Armbar and Baragon out to the field ward. You know, he's on the way. He's gonna tell you guys, you know, his friend Goose hooked, has been hooking him up with, uh, you know, eh, sparring partners. That you guys get to fight. You know, he leads you out to what is essentially just this briar with just dandelions covering this really not very thick soil. And so he's just gonna be like, Alright, so... I can't help you with everything. But I can definitely get you some partners that'll help you with uh, the finishing moves. You know, actually killing things. And maybe, and he sets his book down, and he starts casting this spell, the ink boils, it pulls in the spine of the book, he dips his fingers in it, it's kind of like, what in the world? And he's like, so I'm gonna give you some partners that might actually kill you if you don't kill them first. It'll oh be good practice, don't worry about it. And he just jams his, like, inky black fingers into this soft dirt with dandelions in it, all the dandelions shrivel up, 
And after about a minute of talking and seeping in, two zombies just crawl out of the dirt. It's like, all right, Goose delivered some big ones. So this one, uh, that's Trunk. That one over there is Bull. Terrible dudes that are out here for a reason. And he turns around and looks at you. His irises are, com or his whole eyes are completely black. And he snaps his fingers. He's like, all right. Have a go at him. See how good you do. And he runs off to the side, sits down on a rock, and the zombies go at you. And this will happen as many times as you want to fight, you know, undead. <laughs> yeah. So through Epi's personal edition, you gain experience fighting undead opponents. Learn that, you know, you can't just punch them and expect them to feel pain. You know, you get undead experience on top of all the rest of them. And when Brock sees Epi do that, and Epi comes and sits down over by, while watching them spar, Brock says, Epi, hmm? you know how that thing you just did is very unpopular with uh, people in charge around Waterdeep and most of Faerun? Yeah. If you help me become a mass lord, I will do what I can to make it less frowned upon. Epi kind of looks at him. All right. I mean, certainly would make my life a little easier. I wouldn't have to do this and uh, so many backdoor deals. What kind of help are you expecting? Uh, well, besides the favor of your family, if uh, you can help me raise funds for my campaign coffers, my brother made it sound like it's going to be very expensive to try and become a mass lord. Ah, there it is. You want money. All right. Well, if we're going to do money, I'm going to need to drum up the diamond business again. Gonna have to ask Levi if I can use his roof again. Anyway, he has like this little attic he never uses. By the way, places I was going whenever y'all were going off to your hotel. Eh, I have my own hotels, but Levi's roof, that's usually what I've been working out of. Speaking of, if he ever dies of old age, I did sort of agree as part of renting the space that I would send his zombie corpse through his ex-wife's house. So... Yeah, something about getting fuck? all of <laughs> something about getting all of the carpets dirty and the in-laws freaking out or something like that. I don't know how that happened, but anyway, I got the space for free. I will have to pick up some things from there, but after that, sure, we can absolutely use that to drum up the diamond business again. Sounds like a plan. Don't worry, Felix knows all about it. Felix knows all about everything. Apparently, the black staff has a tab with him. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me at all. That actually did surprise me. I was surprised by that one. That's the black stuff. They have to get your weird ingredients from somewhere. I mean, yes, technically you're not supposed to study necromancy. You could be a soul in a jar or on a bookcase. Ugh. But sometimes you need ingredients. So you have contacts. But yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I don't mind helping you out. But I am going to call in some favors. Your masked lordness. <laughs> uh, um. Oh, um. At some point, Epi's gonna hand Armbar this one kind of thick coin that he has in his pocket. And he's like, "All right." So this coin, if you flip it, you're either gonna do fantastic at something, or you're gonna be terrible at it. It's really fifty-fifty. Coin of absolutes. Don't ask how I got it. 
But if you really, really need to be good at something, 50-50 is a better chance than anything else. And I hand him the coin of absolutes. That I got from a certain... Crossover event? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, armbar. The way the coin of absolutes works is you flip a coin. If it's heads, you get a 20. If it's tails, you get a 1. Alright. So you are either going to get a nat 20 or a nat 1 if you flip this coin. That's cool. Guaranteed wild magic search. Correct. Does it does it go anywhere? Like does it disappear when it's done or? It's a once well, per day. Yeah, once per day. Oh, once per day. Well, I ain't much for a gambling man. But I suppose there might be an instance where I might need it. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing you win. I actually haven't gotten to see you wrestle before. This'll be interesting. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Nothing means nothing. Nothing means nothing. <laughs> I feel like I have been imparted with some wisdom that I will have to digest later. Never mind that. Just look at my muscles. Oh. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. That you definitely have lots of those. <laughs> <clears throat> Epi is going to look at his feet for a little bit. Um, <laughs> let's see. Yep. And... Awesome. <laughs> I love Armbar's feet muscles. <laughs> I just fle I flex no. my toe muscles. Oh god, Epi is looking <laughs> <at the> ground. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> this is taking us down through the arms of the For generations. Oh no. <laughs> God. <laughs> what you looking at, Epi? Oh! Oh! <laughs> I I can look at the sky if that's better. <laughs> it's just clouds that look like me flexing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so, after, um... After Epi gets to watch two incredibly muscular men beat the shit out of some zombies every other day or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am going to... You know how I have that little homunculus whose name I can never remember? Yes. I have also forgotten their name, so it's fine. It's fine. Like, um, I literally did not put it in my notes. So I have to go listen to the episode audio again. Alright, well, their nickname is now affectionately Tin Can. And, um, sure. <laughs> that's so, going in the notes. Hang on. <laughs> We're just gonna yep. make that canon. Yep. <laughs> so Tin Can, whose tin name has cannon. been <laughs> Tin Can. Happy forgot the name and had to come up with a new name. Yeah. It's one of those you give somebody a nickname until you can remember their actual name, but nobody else knew their actual name, so you're just kind of listening for the hints, and it never comes oh, up. Oh, well, in canon, like. Cannon, you forgot this homunculus's name that you gave it, so you're just like, no, nope, it's Tin Can. That's just, <laughs> that's your new name. Love you. <laughs> it's affectionate. And, uh, Epi is at some point going to copy down his Revivify spell and title it in that, that very fancy handwriting, Mortimer's Revivify. He's gonna roll it up. He's made at least two or three copies of this. And he instructs the homunculus to fly one copy to the Blackstaff, 
one to the wizards that are now stationed outside of uh, Patricia's hut. And of course, he has to come visit with Mr. Spicy every so often. You know, gotta see Mama. And also, he's going to send it to um, one copy of it with another letter attached to his family. In different okay. packaging. You sure. know, <laughs> one sure. is the spell, one is a letter that goes to his family that just, you know, very politely mentions that he's going to be back in town with a friend eventually, and he's going to bring a friend over, all that stuff. Look forward to seeing you guys. It'll be a couple of months. I'm not dead, just letting you know. All that good stuff. Okay. All right, so you're passing out your version of the Revivify spell. Yeah, and I'm naming it Mortimer's Revivify. Okay. <laughs> so this is a wizard version of Revivify. Sure, passing out. When in this month do you do this? After I've gotten a lot of diamonds, but, um... Once I've got a... Closer to the end, like after you've had a chance to get, like, a good horde going? Uh, by the way, I crunched the numbers for Stephanie. If Stephanie uses Revivify the maximum number of times, minus Arcane, plus Arcane Recovery, minus Necromancy, (laughs) it works out to 27,000 gold worth of diamonds. Good deal. Somebody did the math on that, because apparently... I literally played a math magician, everybody. (laughs) Behind the curtain, I'm an accountant. (laughs) 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 And, uh... I think... I may use a final copy of the uh, Mortimer's Revivify as kind of an intro when I go to talk to Saren about a certain deal I was offered a while back. Okay. I would like to help him with getting those potions in return for a big favor. Okay. Uh, Potions got distributed, though. This is true. I've been distributing the the things that is kind of a, like, hey, here's your copy, because you're the... probably not going to be able to go into a big wizarding place and get revived. It's fine. And I'm gonna okay. offer them my help, yeah. Because <laughs> they asked Alright, so it. you're offering what, to uh, help revive some of the guildless and whoever is working with him and in addition, and... I can do some spying on noble families and stuff like that. Maybe some reconnaissance. I mean, I do have some degree of nobility and also okay, a okay. changed appearance. So, so what are you asking for in return? Okay. So in return, I would like to get some things to help buff my friends in the in the fight. Stuff like you know an anti scrying necklace, which I know is a thing. Maybe some fire resistance or water breathing stuff, just in case. Uh, feather ball boots, if they have them. Anything that could be a total buff in an environmental crisis. Okay. So, for each match, you armbar and double tail, you will, between the two of you, have access to one potion. Not a healing potion, but like, one potion. And this is at the start of each match. Uh, You choose which of these potions you want. Uh, The potions are a... Hang on one second, I had a list. A potion of flying. Uh, 
A potion of growth. A potion of greater invisibility. A potion of cloud giant strength. And a potion of speed. Sweet. So, once you take the potion of strength, that's off the table for future matches, right? Right. So you pick which match you want to take each potion. And it's one between the two of you. It's not you both get a copy. It is there is one of them. Right. Uh, that is what Saren and the Guildless uh, offer you. Okay. In return for Epi's help. <laughs> Thank you, Epi. You're welcome. I had to call in all of my favors. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. That's what they're for. Okay. Thanks, Epi. You're welcome. Okay. And then near the end of the month, after you've had a chance to, like, abuse your monopoly on Revivify, you distribute your copies of the spell. Yeah. Okay. Although... Was there anything else? I may give a copy to Patricia, like, near the beginning of the month, since she runs that free clinic for regular people. Uh, Patricia can't learn it. She's a druid. She can find oh. some wizards. I, I will send some matter. more uh, acolytes of the Raven Queen from okay, the underworld okay. that need, you know, some college funds. Interns! <laughs> we got yep. some new acolytes. They're training. <laughs> so, okay. can I actually ask a question above game? Because I didn't get a chance to interact with Saren when I was at this tavern, but Epi does. I want someone to have passed on to Saren the blessing of our group. Even though the Ralnar's family distributed the potions anyway, please still feel free to rob them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you're certainly able to get that message across. Because those guys were dicks. Yeah. I mean, they were. They were pretty bad. Okay. About three weeks into the month, you hear about that family getting robbed blind. <laughs> like no evidence left behind just cleared out right everything the, gone the Grinch stole motherfucking Christmas yeah. yeah I mean I'm, <laughs> just everything that was of any remote value just gone from their three houses wild anyway yeah <laughs> that's that's right. so strange that that happened and you said that i had... oh no yeah so... right whoopsie <laughs> i may have some wizard help and training and stuff would i be able to perhaps call on some of these worldwide wizards for help gaining a war mage feat so i'm gonna offer you a choice okay. you can train with the wizards for the war mage feat, or you can train with Mortimer for something different. Oh. So let's make a deal shit. Ah, oh, crud. Ah, oh, because the war mage feat lets me do, you know, I like... Know. I'm aware. Uh, oh, man. Nah, we're well, doing actually, Mortimer. This is the Monty Hall problem. He's saying this because what he's asked to offer is better. I'm, yeah. I'm doing Mortimer. Look, he's my bestie, man. He's my best friend in a book. We're gonna learn from Mortimer. Okay, so we are bypassing the War Mage feat. Nice. Which, speaking of which... Mm -hmm. So, Epi, you're spending this whole month casting Animate Dead, right? 
Yeah, and then letting uh, Armbar and Doubletail kill it. Yeah. So let's see, that's... 30? That's a lot of experience. Something like that, yeah. I mean, this way they get some experience with the actual killing moves. You can't really kill your sparring partners unless they're already dead. Oh god. What is oh going god. on? I forgot Can't about my wild magic rolls. Wait till he realizes I've been spamming healing word. He's trying to see whether he can get that wish. No, you proc wild I magic lost. 60 times. I lost count. Fuck. Epi, we just opened up a gift shop to help raise funds to rebuild the Bard Rock. Look at this fancy new design. I'd love that on a new t-shirt. You are transported to a world of t-shirts, all identical. You can feel your sense of self slipping away from you as the shirts reach out and grab you and assimilate. Uh, I cast Dispel Magic. Epi, where'd you go? Wild Magic. Don't ask, it was terrible. So, so, where's the gift shop going to be? Oh, well, we have two storefronts, bardrockcafe.redbubble.com and tpublic.com slash users slash bardrockcafe. So anyone can support the Bard Rock. You know, the coffee mug is really cute. And that's not all we sell. We have t-shirts, hoodies, children's apparel, baby Bard Rock Cafe's gift shop is now open. Sales go to support the show. So if you want to help out and also get some cool Bard Rock Cafe merch, go check it out. And that's everything we had so far. Epi, are you listening? Hmm? Th did you say something? <sighs> We're gonna do five more. <laughs> okay, so you're on the low end by a little bit. I need twelve D100 rolls, please. Oh, oh my wait, god! Wait, wait, hold on. We need to because we also spent the month casting Revivify. So that's true. The Revivify does not proc it, uh, okay. including this. Not even the ones that use actual spell slots. The Revivify does not proc it. Okay, good. Okay. Do I proc wild magic whenever I cast uh, spells of a certain nature? I Give me 12 D100 rolls. One at a time, please. Okay, we've got a 91. Hang on. <laughs> you cast sending on a distant creature for which you have nostalgic feelings. Poor Pietro, he's just being so confused. <laughs> is it Pietro again, or is it somebody else? <laughs> I think, um... Now, nah, for funsies, I'm gonna make you do Levi. So, you know, okay. I'm reviving a bunch of dead people, and I cast Sending on Levi by accident, and I'm just like, alright, alright, just to clarify, so when you die, I send the zombie through your ex-wife's house, you really need to leave her address for me. Like, just came to mind. But anyway, and then I probably cut off, because it's 25. It's my house! She kicked me out, but I still own it! I got the deed to it, and I want to go through it, wreck shit! That's like the end of the message, like, because <laughs> it cuts him off. <laughs> okay, next D100 roll. Okay, next one is a 57. Okay, for about a minute, like, you're basically blind. Like, not all the way blind, like, the world is heavily obscured. Like, you have a really heavy prescription and you're not wearing your glasses, right? Ah. 
attack me like this. For about a minute, Epi's just kind of rubbing his eyes. And, like, every time he gives the zombies commands, because, like, you go back to the dandelion briar, there's new zombies every day. This is definitely where they dump off the people nobody wants. Um, yeah, no, it's but... so dark. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, the dandelion briar and the field ward is definitely a nice place to have a picnic. Anyway. Um, okay. Alright, next D100 roll. Next D100 is a 47. 47. Your entire component pouch, like, just ejects from itself and is now floating around you just, like, for about 10 minutes you just have an orbit of components for spells. That's kind of cool. Um, if you try to cast a spell that requires a component, you have to, like, Rabbit. Work at it to catch the component because, like, it's orbiting around you and it's, like, just almost out of reach. So, like, you have to grab at it. <laughs> like, plank keep away from you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there would. I'd cast Mage Hand. Let me see if Mage Hand requires a component. Do it I have it? I don't have Mage Hand. Why do I not have Mage Hand? Anyway. I can't answer that question for you. Alright, next because D100 I'm not roll. Smart. Anyway, 76. I can't spend the whole session on you. 76. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Rachel can't even realize it's I've not all about you. Spells this month. All right, so seventy-six, nothing happens. Uh, next one. Eighty-three. Eighty-three. <laughs> For the rest of that day, ah, uh, like a compulsion, you tell each creature that has an intellect greater than three which school of magic you think they fit into as a person. Oh. You're like oh, compulsively telling people their Hogwarts house nonstop. Just, <laughs> oh my god, you are such a conjuration guy. Just da 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 da. Anyway. Yeah. Next one. Um, okay. <laughs> now you have to go through and say who's who. Yeah. Actually, I mean, yeah. All yeah. right. So Actually, who's yeah. Who? Okay, let me look up the different schools of magic because I am. <laughs> School of Magic. Okay. So. What are the schools of magic? Okay. Oh god, I don't know what any of these are. Oh. <laughs> we we can We will circle back I'll around. Say, yeah, let's circle that. back around we'll to this. Yeah. Just as we're resolving the rest of these, we have about six left, I think. Check the Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, actually yeah, that's a good idea. We will post what Epi thinks the rest of the party is on the Bard Rock Twitter. You should check it out and follow. Okay, plug's done. Next D100 girl. Let's go. <laughs> 72. Free plug, you're welcome. 72. Thank you. <laughs> okay, nothing happens. Next one. 83 again. Oh. 83. The same one. A another day of you just telling everybody what their school is. All right, next one. Oh, God. 18. <laughs> 18. No, you skipped 64. Oh, I did. 64 and 18. 64 and 18? Yeah. Okay, 64 and nothing. 18... I'm gonna say nothing. Like technically, something happened, but anyway, eighteen nothing because that's dumb right now. Uh, Fair enough. Right. I think two more. Yeah, yeah two eight more. and twenty-two. Eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next time someone around you casts a spell, you just automatically counterspell it. Oh. And then <laughs> what was the other one? Twenty-two. You said. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. Okay. So like, Kenny, something happens, but nothing happens. Anyway, go ahead. So if you're count if you're counting all the times Epi cast a spell in the last month, Brock spent spent all his spell slots every day casting Healer Word at the Temple for a total of three hundred spell casts. 
I did say I was doing that. That's not something I'm adding just now to make things difficult. Mm -hmm. And I double proc. I don't know how you want to resolve that. Just one big one. <laughs> we will resolve that off screen. We can do that. Just you and me get together like an afternoon and roll some shit. <laughs> and we will just... I'm hearing bonus Patreon episode. Sure. Oh, I'm so just like Patreon. Just us reading Brock's, Brock's Wild Magic Table. Wild Magic. Just the Brock <laughs> song event. <laughs> the, the cascade <laughs> magical failure that happened during this month from Brock Song at the Temple of Tear. You could roll a D100 to see how many D100s I trigger. Oh, I trigger. Might be easier. Technically, yeah. But also off screen. Anyway. Yep. Rather okay. than us rolling 600 times. That was more me just dicking around. I forgot that like yeah. you actually roll like a fuck ton of <laughs> dice to see how many wild magic procs. Um, Alright. Epi. I think this that will be the last epic. thing for you. Okay? Yeah. And then we no, got more to more thing. no, that's yeah. the last thing on my list too. <laughs> okay. I wrote too many things. <laughs> As you... Get the, the thought in your head that, you know, you have all these powerful wizards around you and you can train with them. You can get a lot better. Uh, there is almost this compulsion. Like, you're not... You can go train with them if you would like to. But it's like this instinct to... No, I should not be known by these people. I need to hide myself away. And instead, you, uh, turn back to Mortimer instead. And... Mortimer begins to teach you a very complicated spell that you have not seen before. Oh. And over the next month, as you train this spell, because it is a very unique spell, that pressure to hide kind of resolves as the the idea in your head to get around these powerful wizards, you know, Mordenkainen, Zostam, just all these different really high-ranking powerful wizards. You're staying away from them. And in turn, Mortimer's teaching you something different. You are learning the spell Pan's Animated Shadow. Ooh, what is that? So, much like Animate Dead allows you to animate a dead body, Pan's Animated Shadow uh, is a third level spell that allows you to target the shadow of any humanoid creature. And that shadow gains a limited amount of sentience. The shadow serves the person to whom it is attached. Huh. I like this spell. That's contextually great for this tournament. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, the shadow can detach and take actions as if it is like its own creature. It has the statistics of the shadow monster from the monster manual. If it stays attached, the shadow is not required to mimic the movements of the person. And the shadow can, as a bonus action, make a separate attack on the target's shadow as long as they are able to touch. And the damage carries over to the target. Oh, man. So they can't block? <laughs> they can, but they would have to block 
knowing that the shadow is attacking them. Does that make sense? Can you can Attacking you link me shadow. to the to the text to that so I can put it in my? I will. Something? I will include it in your character sheet for you. Thank you. That's awesome. <clears throat> I love it. Uh, that is a third level spell. You can only have one shadow animated at a time. So you can choose yours or someone else's, but you can only have one going. Understandable. Oh, I am so glad that. Mort coming through again. Let's go Mort. Yeah. Morty. 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 <laughs> Mortimer. <laughs> my definitely not haunted, cursed, or otherwise not a bad thing spell book. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. So, yeah, moving on tail. from Epi. Yeah. Over the course, you'd probably see me write in the book, and it disappears, and it writes back. All sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a question, this magic shit. Okay. <laughs> Armbar. What would you like to do with your month besides train rigorously with the rest of your party helping? Ooh. Um Among all of the things available, you do have access to a wide range of magical equipment upgrades from both Felix and the Blackstaff. Okay. Um I guess I would like to utilize that. I guess that's a good opening for uh, the conversation. I would like to upgrade um, the, our weaponry. So it's like if uh, Armbar could upgrade his great axe, and then Minibar could upgrade his club. And then I was thinking that maybe the alpacas could get, the spectral alpacas could get like a spectral hoof upgrade where they deal more damage with like a like a different type of hoof like it's a spiked hoof or it's like a diamond encrusted hoof or something like that <laughs> diamond encrusted hoof right. yeah so something crazy like that cool so the black staff can help you with the alpacas and we'll start with that actually so you are brought to someone who is known as an ink master because your alpacas come from a magical tattoo. Uh, the Ink Master is a drow wizard. And they set about upgrading and enhancing the tattoo that is already there. So where before there were just two alpacas kind of as like a tramp stamp on your back. <laughs> now, it is like covering your entire back. Yeah. It is a very elaborate, detailed description of the alpacas. Alright, so your alpacas before could be summoned once for an hour. They can now be summoned up to three times a day. Uh, if they are dispelled, you have to wait an hour, but then you can resummon them up to three times in a day. Okay. Um, they have some additional uh, abilities. So basically, the short version is instead of the draft horse statistics, they are now war horse stat blocks. And instead of using the normal damage die, they go up in one. So let me look this up real quick. So normally, a war horse would roll 2d6 for damage with their hoof attack. Mm -hmm. uh, your alpacas will roll 2d8. Wow. Okay. 
And they also have a trampling charge attack, where if they move 20 feet in a straight line, they can make a hoof attack and knock the opponent over unless they pass a strength save. And then if the target is prone, they can make a bonus action hoof attack as well. So they just bowl people over and stomp them to death. That's awesome. Uh, I will link you to the Warhorse stat block for you to, to look at. Okay. So other than other than the alpacas, with the weapon upgrades, I would probably we would probably give those to somebody that was uh, efficient in or proficient in uh, upgrading like blacksmithing to be able to upgrade them, and whatever they do with them after that, like I didn't know if anybody else, because like Armbar doesn't know stuff about magic and all that kind of stuff so if he gives somebody a weapon it's gonna be hey make this thing hit harder than it did before so if anybody has like if if anybody was with armbar at the time that he gave the weapon to somebody to upgrade that they could say hey add an effect or something like that or a rune to it or something so I'm gonna leave that up to the rest of the cast to figure out, but I would like to have the base weaponry upgraded if possible. Okay. So you are put in touch with some some dwarven smiths who increase your your great axe and mini bars club. They are turned into plus two versions of themselves. So plus two to attack rolls and damage rolls. And they also add to each of them the enchantment. Whenever you roll a natural 20, uh, you roll an additional damage die on top of the normal critical hit damage. So for your great axe, you know, normally you would roll 2d12. You now roll 3d12 when you crit. Wow. And with the club, you know, it's a d4. Instead of 2d4 on a crit, it's 3d4. Uh, they are also magical and therefore uh, resistant to corrosion or destruction. Right. And they deal damage to stuff that resists non-magical damage. Correct, they do. So you can now club a ghost to death again. Yes. <laughs> okay. You are also uh, given a couple of items. You are offered braces of defense which give you plus two to your armor class, but you have to attune to them. Wow. You are given a Ring of Feather Falling, which, as a reaction, you can expend one of the three charges in it to cast Feather Fall on yourself, which will keep you from taking fall damage from a long drop. This does not require attunement, you just have it. Okay. But you go do that three times before the next day. Oh, so if it refills after the next day? Yeah, so or... like at every every dawn, you get back the three charges, right? Oh, okay. So if you spend it three times in the day, it's done until the next dawn. Which, if it comes up, is 6 a.m. in-game. Okay. So you All have right. gotten some some swag equipment upgrades. Your tattoo is now stronger than it was. 
what else would you like to do? There, there's an easier one, which is mainly like we have to be ready for uh, favoring the fans. And what do the fans like to see? A badass entrance. Yes. <laughs> so we have to we have to have, you know, pyro. We have to have fireworks. We have to have an awesome badass entrance music, and we need to have the clothing. And I am thinking extravagant uh, tassels and hats and robes to make us look badass. So it's 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 all about the performance. It's all about the uh, the entrance. So anything that we can get from the local area people people are lining up to help us out with it like we should be able to get you know everything set up so that our perform uh, our entrance is perfect it, it it looks awesome that everybody is like whoa those guys are so cool you know everything like, like that awesome yes I you can absolutely do that whatever kind of entrance i'll tell you what the first time you and Marty can talk about this out of character, but the first time the two of you enter, you can describe your outfits and what the entrance looks like, whatever you want it to be. Okay. Because you have as much support as you need for that aspect. Okay. Alright. Another thing I was uh, thinking about was, and this is kind of a stretch, but I think it kind of fits, is that... As a fighting, as a as a fighter, um, you kind of learn um, what to expect out of an opponent. And as we've been training again, and going back in the background of Armbar, uh, grew up in slavery, and just trained his ass off. Met a bunch of people. He's a big guy. They probably sparred every now and then. And when he made it to the gladiatorial area uh he fought many different kinds of races and people and techniques and everything like that so one thing you tend to be able to uh collect as a fighter is that you kind of see or you can foresee um the attacks that an enemy is going to um to do on you so i was thinking since i am i have danger sense uh, from a barbarian class, and it kind of gives you an edge to dodge away from danger as a dexterity saving throw, uh, to, but it's only for traps and spells. I'm wondering if in combat I could get some kind of upgrade to be able to, like, maybe sense how I'm going to be attacked, like, get foresight on an attack. So then I can counter it, or I can I can move out of the way, or do an attack, or take less damage. Like, I thought that was kind of an interesting thought. I like it a lot. So, uh, do you have danger sense all the time, or only when you're raging? It just says that at second level, you gain the uncanny sense of when things nearby aren't as they should be. Okay, so you just always have it. Yeah. So as you're fighting, I will let you do this. Because I don't want to unbalance things too much. Right. But whenever you want to, you can use your reaction. Which you get one of per round, right? Uh-huh. Use your reaction 
to impose disadvantage on any opponent's attack against you. One attack. Like, they get three attacks, you can give them disadvantage on one. As a reaction. Okay. How do you feel about that? I like that. That's I think that's really cool. Because you're not perfect the whole time. Like, as... You know, I do, right. Krav Maga, I do Krav Maga, like, you're never going to be able to figure out what the person's going to do every every time every time you fight them. Yeah, but there's also those times where, like, okay, you know what they're about to do. You might not even see it, but, like, you know it's coming, right? Yeah. You can you can tell, and you can, you can approach the situation, like, okay, if he does this, I'm going to do this. Like, that wasn't a real punch, they're setting up for this. And so you yeah. just, yeah. Oh, he's going to fake me, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So the other, of, yeah, oh go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. The last thing that I had was I want um, two finishing moves, and I want them to do at least a decent amount of damage. Like my one, fin I don't want to, I don't want to release the other finishing move yet, but it does involve a grapple. But the first finishing move I've already done, and like you said earlier, it's the elbow drop. So if I have the situation where I'm at least a certain distance above the above the ground, and I can do an attack, I think it'd be kind of cool to be able to do additional damage to an enemy. And with this grapple attack that you and I could talk about, sure, yeah, yeah, after this, like. Maybe we could figure out a way to make this work, but I think it'd be kind of cool to have a finishing attack that is specific to armbar. Okay, so I like it. Here's just off the top of my head, mechanically, how I imagine that working. So you make an attack like normal, but you also make a performance check. If you roll well on the performance, you'll do extra damage, especially if it's like about to kill the person, like where you're about to Knock win the out. fight. Okay. You'll do more damage, and you'll get audience favor out of it. Ooh, okay. Because you are proficient with performance now. You've been taught how to fight flashy. And, like, you've been in a gladiator, right? So this is not new to you. You know to fight for, like, to make it a show, not just to win. I like that. It kind of makes sense. Alright, let me make that Mark that in my notes. Hang on. Okay, so... I do have names for these, but I'm not going to reveal them yet. You want to do it when you're doing your... Uh, cutting your promo on the mic, right? Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything else before I move on to Marty? That's... That's it. Outstanding. All right, Marty. Oh, boy. You've been patient this whole time. Thank you so much. <laughs> So you have been training with Armbar for a month. Yeah. You've had, like, the wildest menagerie of shit to train against, right? Oh, yeah. What else did you want to do personally? Um, I also so have, I ha I have some stuff for you, but I want to see if there's anything right. you want first. Yeah, why don't we go through the stuff you have, and then if it matches up with what I was thinking, then we can go from there. Okay. You have noticed recently that you've been able to call on different versions of yourself to help you in a fight. And that is a recent ability. Early on in the month, like shortly after you agree and are entered into the tournament, days after that, 
uh, you have basically dreams where it's like you're reliving old fights and you're living through fights that never happened and like you're experiencing these fights from different different outcomes, different angles, like if things had gone differently, right? Hmm. And it's like it's real, and when you wake up, you have like a lucid memory of these old fights. And then, about a week into the month, an old woman comes hobbling into basically the middle of your training match. Uh, okay. Rock Song and most of the Bard Rock crew, you recognize her as Ginny Greenteeth, but she is ignoring everyone except for you. Double Tail, she walks up to you. She says, So, you're Double Tail. I've. Um. Yes, hello. It's so nice to meet you. I've been sent to help you train. By who? That's not important. The important thing is this you have a blessing. So. I'm here to teach you how to use it, and to use it well. Among other things, Ginny Greenteeth is going to spend the duration of the month teaching you how to use your echoes. Um, she is also going to teach you to draw on kind of the more fundamental nature of that, which is you are drawing power from, like, dead timelines, right? Versions <laughs> of yourself that are, like, that's not the timeline that happened, but you're able to pull a shadow of that into this timeline to help you for a brief minute before it fades away. Right. I'm not super familiar with Echo Knights. So let me look up that ability and how exactly it's written before I tell you stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so everything about the Echo functions as normal. Additionally, as a bonus action, in addition to your regular, like, attacks, as a bonus action, you can have your echo make another attack. So, like, the echo usually gets one attack, this would give it two attacks? Well, so, normally you can, like, so at your level you get two attacks as a fighter, right? Right. And you can give your echo one of those attacks. Am I reading that right? Yeah, no, you can, anytime you take the attack action, you can take one or both from you or from the echo, it just doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, However you divvy that up, your Echo, as a bonus action, can make an attack. But that has to come from the Echo. Okay. Additionally, she works a charm on you, and you feel a unique power come over you. Uh, you gain an ability that I'm going to call the Trickster's Blessing. You may rewind time one round once per match. So, like, on your turn, you can activate it, and it'll rewind to your previous turn. So anything that happened between <laughs> then and now is undone. Sweet. That is Jenny's contribution to your training. As you are taught how to utilize this newfound power that you possess. Very, very cool. That was the big thing I had for you. Okay. Uh, I guess I would also like to kind of go quote-unquote shopping and gear up a little bit. 
looking for a an improved greatsword. So you're using a greatsword. Okay. Yes. I will offer you the same upgrade that Armbar got. Okay. Or you can alternately take a flame tongue greatsword. <gasps> oh, you're speaking my language. So flame tongue, you basically when you activate it, the flame the the blade lights on fire. Mm -hmm. And the blade does the normal 2d6 slashing damage, and then an additional 2d6 fire damage. Okay, yeah. That would maybe speak to the crowd in the elemental plane of fire. I think I'll go with that. Okay. Uh, it does not get any bonuses to attack or damage. That's a... But, it's a flame tongue. Hell yeah. I'm also... Oh, by the way, you also get a oh. ring of featherfall. And then oh, nice. one other magic item. What kind of armor do you wear? Right now I have it set as just glamoured studded leather, so I wouldn't, like, flavor-wise, he's just wearing, like, his normal clothes. Okay. Go ahead and just upgrade that to plus one glamoured studded leather. Okay. That's going to be all the magical stuff you can get, I will say, just for the sake okay. of balance. However... If there's other stuff you want, feel free. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it on Paragon's part. Outside of just training and gearing up, there's not much else he really needs to do. Okay. So you have a very unique ability given mm -hmm. by Ginny. And... You are training with Armbar, you guys. I will say you also become proficient in performance, if you were not okay. already. Just because you are getting the same training that Armbar is, you definitely do not need right. to learn how to read. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see barriers. I am proficient in performance. So. Uh, yeah, Barry, now that you've uh, learned performance, why don't you show us that, that act you've been working on? Oh, is this, uh... This is your chance, uh, show Brock how you, you learn. You guys are that close now that you're calling him Barry? <laughs> Barry for short? Really? I'm sure Aww, even if Barragon was against it, Brock probably just rolled with it and he can't be stopped. <laughs> Can I call you Barry? I'm gonna call you Barry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can I call you Barry? I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sword that lights on fire now. <laughs> I'm gonna call you Barry. <laughs> uh... So wait, what am I doing here? You're, this is your opportunity to sing the song. Brock, set you oh, up to sing the song. song. Do it. You're the one who wanted the oh, solo. Can... Oh, natural 20. What? Dice. Dang. I'll take the picture. Roll your first this wild This sandstone magic. dice? I... Yeah. Roll. Is this my first wild magic? Mm -hmm. Roll two D100s, please. Oh, I'm so excited. Do it. Okay. Alright, we got... An 80 and a 72. Okay. So one of these does nothing and one of these is stupid. So we're going to go with the stupid one because it's it's yes. like the time lapse, right? <laughs> <clears throat> you immediately and instantly feel, feel a change in your hands. And as you look down, uh, it's like you have just gotten a mani-pedi. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Deadpool baby hands for a second. Nope. Uh, 
finger and toenails are like just flawless and polished and like the the sanding thing that they do with your heel like just all of it right my claws look like glass yeah that's right <laughs> like you just it's awesome so like you look you look your best right now oh yeah I see what's happening here We're on the brink of doomsday, it's a strain I don't even know how to feel It's deplorable But if we want a chance, we gotta train Ready yourself, let's begin There's no second chances, we need to win I know it's a lot for us to ask But I know we're up to the task What can I say except we're awesome for the days we fought in the ring We'll do okay because we're awesome Together we'll do anything Alright, so you finish your wonderful natural 20 solo which checks out because Marty actually sings and I'm a hack and Brock's just <laughs> and Brock is just clapping like excellent, great job, Barry. I knew you had it in you. Mm-hmm. I've been practicing all month. <laughs> so, what is a natural twenty for you? Up. What does that come out to be? Uh, twenty-four. Outstanding. <laughs> all right. Oh, I love this. So we promised to wrap back around to Nadir at the very mm-hmm. end. <laughs> I've been in suspense for the last hour. And a half. So, it's getting late, so I don't want to, like, belabor the issue, but All Nadir, right. what would you um, like to do? As as we draw to a close on the month, it's about two days before we're scheduled to be transported away, and it's a little bit late, maybe like 11, 11.30 at night, and Nadir's found himself in the basement of the Bardrock Cafe, staring at the obelisk. Uh... He sort of weighs his options about what he believes to be a very large calamity at hand. And having made no real progress in his research over the last month, steals his resolve, puts his hand on the structure, and enters the library inside the obelisk that Brock told him about. And as you kind of will this to happen, the obelisk responds to your presence. Uh, And, you know, again, you touch the obelisk, you gain tongues for the next hour. Sure. But your world twists and bends in on, on top of itself. Immediately, you are standing amid rows and rows of books. With nameless spines as far as the eye can see. And for a moment... He is stunned, just completely in awe that that worked and that this place really exists. Uh, because he doesn't really know much about it. The The comments were just sort of said in passing. And he hasn't really had a conversation with anybody about what it's like in here. But he knows that you can find a book on anyone. And so he holds his hands out in front of him looks out and says with confidence, Jubilex. Alright. You watch as like the four the floor the four 
the four fall out from underneath you. The floor falls out from underneath you. And you are just launched downwards and slightly just angled to the left. Uh, books are flying past you until you are settled gently on a large ethereal purple barrier and you cannot progress past mm. it. Is it... On the other... You can see on the other side of this... No, that's what I was going to say. Like, is question. it translucent? Yes, it is. Um, on the other side of this barrier, it looks like that portion of the library has been burned. Ooh, okay. Let's try something different. And he does the same thing, where he very confidently proclaims, Zugtmoy. You do not move an inch. You are already there. Lolf. You are transported less distance this time. Um, the purple barrier tends, begins to like mingle with red and orange. You still find yourself stuck on this side of it. Um. But it's it's where the library had been burned. You reach a part that is still vibrant and, you know, intact. You're looking on the other side, and all the books are intact, but you can't get to them. Okay. In the area that's on, like, my side, I'm assuming there are still books, like, around me, right? Yes. What what kind of books are they? Who are they about? Uh, do you reach out and just grab one? Yeah, or like if there's titles on the spines or whatever. I don't know how these are. There are there are no titles on the spines. Okay. Yeah, then he just like grabs a random one, uh, fig sees if he can figure out like who it is, if he recognizes the the name or anything. Roll a history check for me. Uh, twenty one. 21. Okay. You're holding a book uh, with the title Ivanal Bayenre. Do I, do I know that name? You would recognize it as the matron mother of House Bayenre of the drow city of Minzo Berenzen. Okay. I don't... Me, as a person, Justin, doesn't fi think that this would be particularly relevant. But is it? Well, so you mentioned Loth. So you are as close to Loth as you can be without being on the other side of the barrier. Okay. Matron Bayanray is one of Loth's... Uh, Strongest servants. I would say you would probably just know that with a history of 20. Okay. Uh, and the reason you know that is because she is Drizdo Erden's mother. No, oh. that's. Is that right? I don't yes, know. <laughs> Alright. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, Drist's mother. Okay. Um. 
I am going to look at the last few pages. Uh, well, the, these books, they go up to current, right? They don't go into the future? Yes. Okay. Uh, so this book, you flip to the very end. Uh, it is at the very back of the book, and it is in 1358. And it describes her death at the hands of Brunor Battlehammer. Hmm, okay. Do I know the names of any current drow that are uh, that are near to Lolth? I would say probably not, just because... Okay, that's fair. That would require being pretty close to uh, a very hostile cult. Um, that's fair, that's fair. You know of this one, just because Drist is universally known as the good drow and the exception to the rule. Okay. And she is his mother, and she was until she was killed... One of the most terrifying servants of Lolth ever living. Okay. Um. In that case, now that I'm in a sort of safe part of the library, uh, at least one that's not uh, on fire or burned, past tense. Yeah, I was gonna say, you, it's not on fire. Whichever it's... one you said. <laughs> Yeah, burned. Okay. Um, he's gonna study the barrier that he's on top of. Is it, like... Are there sigils on it? Is there any, like... Uh... It looks to markings? be just yeah. a... Yeah, it is a wall of force. Ooh, okay. Just pure energy between you and the other side. What What in here could be projecting a wall of force over this large of an area? Because I assume that I moved kind of each time, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you watch yourself. Your movement is more by the force of your own will rather than any physical exertion, right? Because, you know, physically you would know your body is still in the basement of the Bard Rock. Yeah. But your mind is inside the obelisk right now. Okay, so like... So when you will yourself to move to a location, you just move there. Or as close as you can get. Okay. Uh, I think he's just gonna test it, and he's gonna just say, like, a couple more gods on various planes. <clears throat> okay. Uh, which names do you say? Uh, I don't know because I don't know them off the top of my head. Okay. Can, can polish uh, them? Just one above game. Start sure. at the top of AO. I'm, I'm, I'm going to not try AO because I have a feeling that that is blocked off even more heavily. Helm? Zirik? Raven Queen. I'm sure that'll be fun. <laughs> Could say Raven Queen. That's probably one of the first ones. Okay. 
So you say Raven Queen. You are weirdly kind of returned to the center of the library, and you move backwards and to the left, and again run into that wall of force. Okay. This time a hazy gray color. Okay. Uh... Let's... Just realize how boring Sirik's book would be. He's sitting in a yeah. chair. He's sitting in a chair. <laughs> He's sitting in a chair. Yep. <laughs> Um. Oh God. Sorry, That's I'm the idea, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Um. Oh, I have an interesting. Sir Godric. You're returned to the central portion of the library, uh, and then moved directly in front of a bookcase, with your hand resting on a single book. All right. I want to take that book and I want to look at you know a, a monthish ago and see does the book describe thoughts like I want to see if there was anything more specific about where it, like was Zugtmoy still in the abyss when they were trying to break through or had they been somewhere else call. So, I will give you this, because you that's really clever. As you're reading, uh, the sense you get is that Zugtamoy was still in the abyss. Uh, she was desperately trying to escape because the abyss was being destroyed from the bottom up. Oh, oh. Something was getting out of the abyss? and destroying it on the way out. She was desperately trying to get out of the abyss before her chance was gone and she was destroyed, along with Jubilex with her. Okay. Nadir's gonna take a chance and see if he can find books on not only sentient creatures, but, but uh, like unique objects as well. He's going to say Divine Gate. You don't move. Okay, alright. Worth a shot. So something is destroying at least the Abyss, possibly other Outer Planes. You get the feeling that your time is drawing to a close and that you're about to be uh, ejected. You have about one more before you are done. So make it count. Uh, if you're stuck on one, I do have one. It's not my screen, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of... The Tablet of Fate has really... a book in its own library. You can look at what happened to it before it came to Faerun. Yeah, that's what I was trying to, to move towards by saying an object. Well, so if the Tablet of Fate is not an object. It is a celestial being. It is sentient. Oh, it is actually... It, it, oh, it has its okay. own book. And you do know that Brock has read that book. Yeah. Do I? Yeah, yeah I do. Brock okay. talked about it last episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Okay. So yeah, he is going to... 
look at the Tablet of Fate's book, and he wants to specifically find where did it come from before before hitting the material plane, where was it, and why did it leave? Okay, so for this one, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, that is a history check. That's a wisdom saving throw. That was my previous history oh, okay, check. I okay, hadn't rolled gotcha. <laughs> I just I was tabbed onto something else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with a four, so you are trying to parse the information being fed to you. You are asking where it came from, and what hits your brain doesn't compute. So like. You get flashes of light. You basically experience the moment of coming into existence. And that is such a primordial uh, experience that, like, your brain cannot process it. Like, oh, I didn't mean that far back. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but you are still hit with this among, like, a flood of other information trying to communicate with you and it just knocks you out and when you come to you are back outside the obelisk okay uh, and you notice it is it was like kind of daytime when you went into the obelisk the sun is set at this point so you've been out for a minute okay and you have the worst headache okay Kenny, I'm going to ask you a question, and if it doesn't make sense, that's fine. This might be kind of a neurodivergent thing. Okay. When all the information was fed, was it, like, in a sequence that was just too fast to parse, or was it, like, all at once kind of layered information? So, the wisdom saving throw was to see if Nadir, the character, was able to make sense of what he was seeing. Right. Because... It's kind of the difference between, like, getting punched in the face and getting knocked out cold and getting punched in the face and, like, being able to register that you got punched in the face and where it came from, right? Okay, fair fair enough, fair enough. So, like, you just got knocked over by it. It was overwhelming and you could not parse the information. Okay. Because I think, I think what Nadir is going to take from that, since the one thing that he got out of it all was being born when asking where it came from. I think his conclusion is that this is a replica or a simulacrum or something. It's not the real Tablet of Fate. Or at least that's what he's working with right now. Okay. Roll a history check real quick. 22. You're just not rolling great. I have not rolled... A 10 has been my highest roll all night. You're not lying either. Yeah, no, I'm not. um, Based on previous knowledge that you already gained, you would know that this is not the original Tablet of Fate. The original tablet was destroyed. And this was created to replace that first tablet after the Time of Troubles. Right, but I mean, like, more recent, like... Created specifically to send to the material plane. Or maybe not to send, but, like, created immediately before it's sending. 
Understood. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's more what I meant. Okay. All right. And if that's wildly wrong, then that's on me. Whatever. Hey, look, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll see where it takes you. I will not spoil that. Of course not. Now, days pass, and you realize today's the day, right? It's it's time for us to be pulled into the fire plane. So you all gather up, and you're all waiting. Like it's first thing in the morning, and nothing happens. So you're waiting around, and like you have breakfast, you're like, okay, when is it going to happen? Like it's that, that, that day of jitters, right? At 11.59 at night, you are all sucked into the fireplace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And that is where we will pick up next time. Nice! Not what I was expecting. Talk about last minute. Isn't this basically just the same thing as before? Do you have a degree in marketing? Because I have a degree in marketing. He's got you there, Double Tail. Your only degree's in the school of hard knocks. Hmm, sure, whatever. A paycheck's a paycheck, I guess. That's the spirit. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to Bard Rock Cafe. We have the best fans. Remember to follow us on social media so you never miss an update, and be sure to check out our sponsor, Dragon Master Games, for your TTRPG needs. If you aren't already, consider subscribing to the show on Ko-fi to help cover production costs. Subscribers get special rewards like their own channels on the podcast Discord, personalized messages in the mid-roll ad spot, and more. And of course, we're partnered with Metallic Dice Games, whose wide variety of dice and other tabletop accessories are sure to have something unique to add to your table. Links to all that stuff can be found in the show okay. notes. Okay, now in the promo with your patented people's wink! Uh, we did this bit already, but sure. I wink. In a podcast. And it's really good. It's called a callback. Thanks for doing the ad read, Barry. I told you not to call me Barry. Until next time, everyone, rock on.